this is the Life of Lux podcast. Welcome to the Life of Lux podcast. Where we are picking up with part two of our conversation with Corona Cigar Company GM and Beverage Director Tommy Diadio, aka the Candyman. So, Tommy's brought a couple of gifts for us, some early Christmas gifts here to try and to sample. So, Tommy, yeah. just kind of tell us, kind of roll through yeah. what we got here and what we get to taste today. So, this is the E.H. Taylor Life of Lux collaboration. This is uh, almost 11 years old. And as you see, you don't see my, my Corona cigar label name on there. It's faded because back in 2012, we sent our file to them. They just changed their computer. And I had to resubmit after that many years a new, like, high resolution for the new computer. So now on the new bottles, you can see Corona cigar again, but it's just crazy how they haven't asked us for a PDF or a high resolution since 2012. They've used the same one and they just changed their program. And you can't even see the words Corona cigar, but you can see everything else. I know. And then a very small down at the bottom, you get and Life of Lux. And hand selected by Life of Lux. (laughs) I'm just happy to be on that bottle. That's pretty amazing. So you have this in your glass and you guys can taste it. Yeah, Yeah. You have the smell, which is it's just sweetness candy oh yeah for bourbon to smell like that it doesn't smell artificial it doesn't smell funk in it i don't like funk i do barrel picks with burn steakhouse nate my buddy over there he likes funk so sometimes we'll pick barrels i'll pick one to share with him he'll pick a funky barrel because he likes to do weird stuff with it like put it in barrels barrel weight stuff i don't like funk i don't like ethanol if there's ethanol in there i will not buy it it's just, it's not ready yet. It's too young. And you have a lot of people masking the bourbon with these barrel finishes and you get the ethanol in it. The next one was my Stag Junior, which I believe you had this last night. I did. It's almost hazmat, 139.4. And it tastes <laughs> it's like it's crazy. 128. Yeah, it's, it's insane how uh, it just does not taste like it's that if high. If I asked you the proof, you would have never guessed no, 139.4. Never. No. No, I, I wouldn't have guessed in the yeah. 120s. And, and this was, by, by the way, a Mashable 2, mm-hmm. which means it's the Blanton's recipe. There's a lot of Mashable 2s out there. They're, they're, they're starting to dump. There's a lot of E.H. Taylor Mashable 2s, Eagle Rare 10s. This was a Mashable 2. I had a Buffalo Trace Mashable 2. They didn't care back then. They just threw anything in there. And they're like, oh, it's, about, it's the wrong Mashable. Don't worry about it. We just got to mark Mashable 2. And the last one is the Life of Lux uh, Corona Cigar. So it's the second one I've done. And the crown is the Corona cigar logo and the life of Lux is underneath it. The crowns above it, which I thought yeah. was Joel was really good at designing labels. I mean, that label was just so cool. Yeah. This is a uh, Roxy, uh, Pablo's wife. She can help with this one too. And she does all the artwork for the exceptional series. Yeah. Cause which, this is a rare character, which so, is, which is a little, uh, um, I guess a little secret too. <clears throat> you know, yeah. you might be picking one of those pretty soon. Yeah. This is pretty crazy. This is a Rio run, which is one of the last Rios, seven years, two months. This is stuff that was made in MGP, but aged the whole time in Castle and Key. Mm. Stuff Pinhook used to use before Pinhook. Old, old Taylor. Yeah, yeah Old Taylor. Yeah. Pinhook and uh, Castle and Key kind of got in a falling out. Yeah. And I guess they probably bought the rest of them. So. One man's trash is another man's treasure, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> they didn't sell it to them anymore. Yeah. They got them mad. So that's what happened. So they didn't sell it to them anymore. They were representing that Pinhook was Castle and Key. When Castle and Key came out, you can get whatever you want. They're selling Pinhook, and that wasn't the case. Yep. They were selling the bottle barrels. That was it. Hey, Tommy, I got a question. What about maybe uh, educate some of us about, um, obviously, you know, I'm familiar with the different the mash bills and stuff. So a lot of times when people are trying a pick, they just think it's, it's just all the same juice. But there's actually different mash bills yeah. that people are deciding on their samples. They have no idea yeah. when they're drinking it. It's like so... 
Buffalo Trace is mash one, mash two, wheat, and then rye. So your Sazerac rye is still your Sazerac 18, mm -hmm. and then your H Taylor. They're just proof differently. And then your wheats, like your 1792 high, high, high the, the, the sweet wheat, is basically in, is a Weller recipe. Mm -hmm. It just stays in Bartstown. Now, they do have a couple wheat recipes they laid down that had higher wheat in it, like probably, which is the Create Your Own Bourbon one. Oh, yeah. And then that uh, new one, which is the Daniel oh, uh, Weller. Yeah. And then have, um, you tried that? have you tried that? No, I, I unfortunately in Florida it all goes to ABC Liquors, uh, and, yeah. and I won't even see the bottle unless somebody uh, brings it in here, wow. which is sad. Mm -hmm. Weller in Florida is ABC. That's yeah. why it's hard for me to get Weller, and I, the only Weller I can get anymore is Barrels. It all goes to ABC Liquors. And you're one of the largest Sazerac accounts yeah. in the country, or, right. or just state of Florida? Florida? I don't know about state the country Florida. because it's just Disney Beach. That's the only one. Beach, Disney, right? <laughs> well, Disney should be off premise. It buys for the whole property. How do you compete with Disney? Yeah, yeah, I know. It shouldn't be on premise. Yeah, yeah. Fountain Blue was a, was a big account. I think they pulled a lot of Sazerac product. I mean, Fountain Blue, if they're buying, you got all those bars. They're, they're buying tons of wheat. They can get. They don't get like I do because I'm an old account. Yeah. You know, and today we have a. I have a guy coming. A lady coming by from Last Drop, which is a Sazerac product too. Which I got that 1980 Buffalo Trace from them. Um, the Drew Mayville. Those are the two bourbons they started putting out. So now Buffalo Trace is putting out old bourbons in the last drops, which there, there's not a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, basically when you drink Evan Williams, Elijah Craig, that's all. They have one bourbon recipe. That's it. You know, when you, you drink a bottle and bond at Henry McKenna 10, that's uh, Heaven Hill 7. Anything that's bottle and bonded, JTS, anything, it's all different years of Henry McKenna 10. Mm -hmm. They have different properties, but that's basically just different versions of it of the years. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Toyota has yeah. Lexus or Nissan has. And Baker's is basically a 107 proof Booker's. Oh. That's all it is. It's the same recipe. Oh, the Jim Bean stuff's a little bit different. You know, it's just very young, but they, they, I, they only have one bourbon recipe. That's it. So Wild Turkey has one bourbon recipe, 101 and Wild Turkey... Um, uh, Kentucky Spirit, that's 101 aged at 8, 9, 10 years old. That's 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 what that is. When you pick a Russell's pick, I can pick it at 110 or 101. I could do a Russell's Reserve or a Kentucky Spirit. It's mm -hmm. the, same, the same sample. I could do either whatever I want with it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> And the Candyman, Joel, giving us the inside yeah. scoop. Now. I know. He's got he's got the keys to the castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can hate on Sazerac all you want, but when you look at their experimentals going back to 2003, they did wine finishes. Mm -hmm. They did extra uh, stave cures. They did toasted. Everything came from an experimental. Elmer was a genius. So is um, Hall and Wheatley. That's a genius program there. I've never met Hall and he's the only one I've not met out of everybody. Jimmy Rutledge is a god, created all his recipes. Basically, he got a disagreement with Kieran and basically that's why that left. Four Roses is great bourbon. It hasn't been the same, in my opinion, since Rutledge left. Rutledge is an amazing blender. Yeah. So um, Parker Beam, amazing man. Nobody realizes who he is. They think Dave Pickerel was more of a god than Parker Beam. You're still drinking Parker's heritage. That Parker Beam weighed down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are three people I respect immensely. Yeah. <laughs> How's that cigar? This is really good. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back to hear how Tommy became the candy man and the evolution of the Corona Cigar Company. And just how Tommy and Joel became friends. Shocker, it started with Tommy saying no. Life Loves Podcast.
Welcome back to the Life of Lux podcast, where we continue our conversation with Corona Cigar Company GM and Beverage Director, Tommy Diadio. So Tommy, I kind of want to get into your background a little bit because uh, I think you've had an interesting uh, come up into your current position where you're at. So just kind of give us the rundown, like kind of where you grew up and and I think Joel told me you were a uh, work for the post office. Yes, I worked. I was a postmaster. Yeah. So I worked for the post office for 18 years and I uh, started, I, I was born and raised in Yonkers, New York. Literally right on the Yonkers, uh, Yonkers Bronx border. Probably would have never left New York if it wasn't for my wife who passed away. I moved down to Florida. Uh, I became a letter carrier down here and then I became postmaster down here. It wasn't fun working for the government because it's not what you've done for me. It's what you're doing for me right now. And the stress level really is pretty bad. It's a government run business is what they call it, but it's still governed by the federal government. Yeah. So I left there. I still worked there, but I was started working in fine dining. Worked at a restaurant in Winter Park, which is Blackfin, which was before season 52, fresh seafood menu every single day. Then worked for mom and pop Del Frisco's before they changed their name for Christner's. So I got a lot of, of wine experience there, scotch. I know more about wine than I know about bourbon, which is even yeah, which crazier. Is crazy. <laughs> um, my first passion is wine. If you are at my house, I don't drink at home and I don't smoke at home because I do most of it here. And that's yeah. why I think my palate is, as I got older, is still refreshed where most people go decline. Mine didn't because most of my life I didn't drink. Yeah. And I still don't drink at home. Uh, which is crazy. And then I started, um, I always had a passion for cigars. Jeff and Tanya hired me back in uh, 2008 in part-time. And I became a um, supervisor and a manager. And I was a GM there. I moved over to Tampa. Jeff really put me into, when he first started building all these, this bourbon, that's where I started picking barrel picks, which was so much fun. And Jeff was always about front mouth palate, sweetness and everything. I just do a lot of the barrel picks because he has no time. He's a, he's farming, growing tobacco. He's raising, he has cattle. God, I, he's, he's a busy man. He's fighting cigar rights. I mean, he's busy. So a lot of the barrel picks I pick with him, I mean, by myself, and then some of them I pick with him. We go to Kentucky. It's better to pick them here when you're in your environment so you see how they taste yeah. and with the smoke in here. Like most of the time you'll see Jeff and, uh, Jeff and me and Angel, we'll walk outside mm-hmm. yeah. when we're in a rick house because all you smell is bourbon. It's just literally... Yeah. You know, it's like being in Cuba, smoking a Cuban cigar. It's like you're in the environment and then, you know, you had that same cigar somewhere else in the world and it's, um, doesn't taste the same. No, it's like, but so it's like when you're drinking in the Rick house, everything tastes amazing. But then when you're late, it's like, you think about it, I was like, what's the temperature or where it's really cold in here or it's really hot in here, which is going to, which is a part of the factors of what the profile you pick. Well, that's also going to be a different thing too. When you're in Cuba, DR, Nicaragua. Those cigars taste different there. Yeah, It's not in your head because mm-hmm. they have to be frozen, sent over here, rehumidified, or humidity is more. They taste better over there. They taste fresher. Yeah. People don't understand that until you're there. You're like, wow, this does not taste like the American version. Even though you freeze them in those containers and you rehumidify them, it's totally different there. Yeah. Like a Rocky Patel Edge tastes like it's a $20 cigar, and at the time it was like $6. Yeah. They just taste, it's it just our humidity, our humidity just kills stuff. And why don't you tell them too why, um, why they freeze the cigars? Well, they freeze cigars because of beetles, mm-hmm. but they also freeze them now when they send them over because during COVID, that thing was in, how long was that in a shipping container? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to freeze them. And then those probably had, a, those were smoking rough because they probably did dry out because they were frozen too well they, you could bring them back the guy in france brings them back mm. he freezes all those old pre-embargo cubans and then when he brings them back he literally 
takes them months yeah. to bring them up at a temperature at time. So when uh, you light it, it doesn't just explode and yeah. crack. The guy's a master at it. He's the auction guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's even interesting, like, you know, I'll go to California, Oregon, buy wine. Yeah. You drink it there and you're like, oh, it's amazing. I get it home. Yeah. A couple months later, I crack it open. I'm like, this does not taste like what I thought I did. No. So it's interesting. No. But I think why, why is, I guess, why is that important to you? It seems like your big thing is authenticity, right? Yeah. Like, so why is it important to you to like have it in the environment and uh, really have the presentation that you're wanting for your customers? The reason why I do it here is because when I'm in the rickhouse, always, always, unless you're in a tasting room, like when you're wild turkey, you're, you're in the rickhouse. All you smell is in Knob Creek. You're in the rickhouse. Bourbon's just going through your, your whole, like when you retro roll, the bourbon's just going right through your nose. It's hitting your, it's just, it kind of skews it. So I usually go outside and you have the fresh air there. Even the people at Maker's Mark were like, why are you outside? I'm like, well, all you smell is bourbon there. It just destroys it. I mean, wild turkey's fun, man. I'll tell you, it's fun picking with Eddie Russell. He's not picking anymore, but man, that's, I love, I love Eddie. He's a grumpy grumpy because of Campari, but when you get him out of his element in here and he does an event, it's like, is this the same man? He's just like, a, he has redone Wild Turkey where people were afraid of 101 and 101 was rough. His palate is like mine. If I, during COVID, I had to have them pick up, they wouldn't let me pick. So he knew my palate, so he picked picks for me, yeah. which not many people picked. Freddie No Jr. picked, I sent them barrels. During COVID, I got two knobs picked, a bourbon, a rye, and I got one Russell's picked. Most people, everything they, they picked was, but I was lucky that I only got three picks that were actually picked by them. I want to go back to like your kind of like when you started working at fine dining, because I, I hear that story a lot. It's like people started in the restaurant mm -hmm. industry and then they kind of branched out to other, yeah. you know, other ventures. What, what was it about, you know, Del Frisco's the yeah. hiring clientele that kind of really helped prepare you for where you are now? Because they, they pour you um, Domain Mermaid and Conte. You're sitting there like, there's no way I can afford the DRC. Mm -hmm. I would, I would drink Petrus, Lafitte. I would drink uh, Scarecrow. I would drink Holwyn. I would drink anything. And it's yeah. like, this is something I can't afford because those bottles are ridiculous. Oh yeah. And then I, their scotch selection at the time was um, unbelievable, kind of like Burns. They, they used to be able to smoke in there. Then you couldn't smoke. They had a smoking gazebo outside. They got rid of smoking, which was the worst thing in the world. Because people like to sit outside smoke a cigar and drink high-end scotch and cognacs. I don't understand. I know I get, I get your anti-smoke and all that, but it's outside. You just destroyed all your brown spirit sales. You're after, you're after dinner, your Louis, your Martel Lores. You ruined all that. You're not going to get that anymore because you have nowhere for somebody to smoke a damn cigar. Yeah. You know, just like in Florida, you can't smoke cigarettes on the beach. You, you can smoke a cigar because there was no way we were going to let people get rid of that law in Florida without smoking being protected in there. And they had to come to us for it because we had it written in there. You know, most people don't know that. Most people don't smoke a cigar in 90 degree heat or 95 or 105 degree heat in a cigar. But we made sure because when you take away that right, every city could say no smoking anywhere. That's what was attached to that. Yeah, so like, I guess kind of fast forwarding a little bit to get here to Corona. So it's just kind of like how has things evolved since like kind of you came on board and kind of what's your vision for the future and where you kind of want to yeah. go? Well, it's getting harder now because everybody's doing tastings like I do. So it's competitive. And I, and I always tell people that it doesn't matter if you do it be the best now. Traffic's so bad down here that people, when they have somebody doing it next to them, don't want to really drive. So that's kind of the traffic's really bad. That, that kind of hurts. But my events sell out in minutes. Always my Russell's Reserve, my Heaven Hill events, my Four Roses, they sell out in minutes. 
So I wish I could sit 200 people for a tasting, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem I have. I usually cap it at 42 and 42 is people try to get that tasting, but they, this was 70 and it sold out in minutes. Yeah. 90 seconds or so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the rare character event we're doing tonight. That's going to be a great event. Oh, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, Joel, do you want to talk about how you met Tommy? Yes. The first time I ever, uh, well, I'm sure I met you mm-hmm. in Orlando and all that stuff, but I, I guess the first time we actually really kind of started talking was, uh, when, you know, back then it was called uh, Corona or Davidoff, Davidoff of Geneva, Tampa. Yeah. And I came in here and I was looking at the, the whiskey list and I was like, wow, I was like, all the bourbons and the scotches and everything, but one that really caught my eye that they have not seen in like a year or two was the McAllen edition one. And I was like, wow, this is uh pretty crazy. It was a, uh, for a double pour. It was like, you know, for two ounces was I think $17 or something like that. Yeah. So I, I walked up to Tommy and say, Hey, um, I know you sell your, uh, your sequel barrel, your picks and stuff. Can I buy one of these, uh, edition ones? And he's just like, Nope, they only have five bottles but um, I can help you find uh, a place locally. And so um, he went on the computer, looked up a couple local shops and said, like, hey, try these two or three spots right here. Maybe you can find edition one. So I was like, all right, well, thank you. So it's kind of like in the super nice about it and uh, understanding, you know, there's only so many bottles to go around. And especially if you can sell by the poor, the better. And so for well, more customers. I'm going to interrupt you there because that's not quite the story you told me. He's like, he wouldn't sell it to you. And you're kind of upset about it. No, I wasn't upset about it. But I was just like, come on, man. He, he said you got five bottles. Yeah. But no, it's just kind of funny, though, because it's like, all right, but I, I get it. It's like, obviously, I get it. But yeah. he just, there's no, we had no real relationship there. I had a hundred bo- hundred something bottles at one time. I was down to like, well, that's five. Yeah. And then it was funny because I went to pick a Willet pick. Mm-hmm. First, I didn't know I was picking it. And then he put a good word in for me there. And I ran into him in a trade show. And he said, and Drew he, texted me. He's like, hey. I got uh, Tommy coming from Davidoff. I was like, he's a great guy. Take care of him, whatever, and show him around. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So th- he, then he, you were at, uh, at the Life of Lux Lounge. In, uh, yeah. I didn't realize it until like, when I ran into him at the trade show. I'm like, oh, my God. Life of Lux in Drew's house. Oh, my God. He didn't put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I should have sold him the bottle. <laughs> I still would have got it, but it's a nice thought. Maybe I would have gotten a little higher uh, yeah. percentage of getting it. Yeah, I guess why, you know, I don't know. Joel has like always has amazing things. I've known, I've known Joel that long, but ever since I've known him, he's always been talking about Tommy, Corona, the yeah. candy man. So why, why do you think you guys kind of hit it off? Similar palettes on bourbon, similar likes, you know, kind of like that. You know, that's why I don't do what he does. And because, old souls. Yeah. Maybe I, we're, we're old souls. We get along, you know, leave all the BS at the door and just like, you know, why can't we just all get along? Yeah. And just, you know, good people. It's hard to find good yeah. people nowadays. True. Yeah. It's just... I mean, I got a big following. The reason why I don't do this is because when I go home, it's my time for my family. Mm-hmm. My, my, I literally, my girlfriend would leave me if I was, she's a homebody. She likes to do everything at home, family and all that. I just, I probably would get myself in trouble because I just cannot hold back if I hate something. Everybody's saying this is great. I just can't. Yeah. And you know, somebody tasted that same bourbon I was talking about yesterday and they were like, you're menaces. You're right. This is terrible. And I go, I don't know why you don't waste your money and not even try it because I told you it's not good. Yeah. You know, so and somebody cried when they tried it, too. And I was <laughs> it's not, I was just like, wow. Yeah. So we'll be right back to finish our conversation with the candy man, Tommy Diadio. 
You'll answer questions from the draw, and we'll chat about Joel's Life of Lux event with Tommy and Rare Character. Welcome back to the Life of Lux podcast, where we continue our conversation with Corona Cigar Company GM and Beverage Director, Tommy Diadio. All right. Well, we have a couple questions we like to ask mm-hmm. people. Um, kind of, We, we kind of call it the draw, right? So it's kind of rapid fire kind of deal. Um, okay. So first question is, since this is the Life of Lux podcast, what does Lux mean to you? Luxury, the finest things in life, and just enjoying the best of the best. You know, I'm, I'm lucky I know people like this to be involved in it. It's just the highest end of everything. That's what I think of it. Yep. One cigar to smoke for the rest of your life. Probably a Cuban Davidoff your chem. Oh, there you go. Which I thought <laughs> when I smoked it, it was, you know, it's probably past its prime now, but if it was from that guy in France, that was just to me amazing. Yeah. So if you're talking to a first time barrel picker or small shop mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. they're doing their first barrel pick, some advice, Maybe you wish you knew going into it. Probably what I told you about cleaning your palate off. Because when I first did it, I didn't do that. Because you have bourbon on top of your mouth and you're always going to pick the wrong pick. You got to clean your palate in between it or else you've got, by the time you're in sample four, you got four bourbons on your mouth. And then you're going back to the bourbons and taste them again. Now you have more bourbon on your mouth. You got to clean your palate. You're going to leave the best one on the table if you do not do that. I'm going to adjust the question since you're a wine guy. Mm -hmm. Best bottle of wine ever. 1994 Dunhill Mountain. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. 94 is my favorite vintage in California. Mm. Oh, it was to me like when um, Chuck Wagner said, what's what's the last bottle of wine that you drank? It was a couple years ago. He said 1994 Joseph Ellis And he bing. To me, it was the magical vintage, 94. 2003 was another magical vintage. Some of the other ones, 99, 97, they didn't hold up. But mm-hmm. 94 was just... Like you go to Burns, they, they have that temperature so low, you open it up, you're opening up a, an $8 cap from back then. It's just like a fruit bomb Yeah. if, if the cork hasn't destroyed. It, 94 yeah. was such a just explosion of fruit. And it, and it was just, it, it hit like my, my favorite barrel picks. I love, I try to buy a 94 every time I'm there. Love 94 vintage. 94 was pretty good vintage mm-hmm. overall too. Yeah, yes, right? everything. Yeah, like even like, I remember having some killer ports and stuff that were 94 and everything. Uh, last thing, why should people come to a Life of Lux event? Because you're going to get the best experience ever. Every time I do an event with him, it, he outdoes himself. Like with the labels, the event. I mean, look how today sold out just to buy this bottle, which is crazy. I could have sold three or 400 tickets to this. I know that. I had people blowing me up. Is there any, I'm like, I only have 70 tickets. I cannot fit you. I wish I had a bigger venue to do this, but I don't. You know, 70 is a lot for me to yeah. shut off downstairs for 70 people. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 So, Joel, just explain. This is a special day. You got an event going on. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to do something with uh, Tommy and Pablo. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's a pretty special time. And you know, I'm definitely humbled. You know, just, you know, just to be able to do an event here with Tommy is amazing. And then even just to get, you know, Pablo, you know, he's traveling the world. You know, uh, with rare character and to take the time out to fly down to Tampa to do this event with us is, is pretty special because obviously you know, he can't, he's doing so many barrel picks and stuff and he can't be at all of them. So for him to be here when we're releasing the pick that we did together, it was it's pretty special. And that's what it's about. It's about making memories and mm-hmm. meeting good people, new friends, new relationships. 
and that's what I hope happens tonight. You know, some guys, some gals, you know, they meet someone for the first time and they're lifelong friends. That's just cigar bars in general. You beat the best people in the world. The networking is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all with a cigar all the time. You never know like, who you're sitting next to, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. All right. So, Tommy, thanks once again. Thanks for hosting us here. It was a pleasure to do the, the podcast in the uh, J.C. Newman Cigar Company Diamond Crown <laughs> Cigar yeah. Lounge. Yeah. Girl, so, the cigar it's company. a lot of words. But, uh, yeah, if you're listening here and you're in the Orlando, Tampa, Sarasota area, make sure you check out Coroma Cigar Company. It is worth the trip. Fly in, take a bus, take a plane, get here as quick as you can. It's and, a must visit if you love cigars. And we have Sarasota now. Be safe when you're leaving. <laughs> Be safe, yes. <laughs> Uber when you leave. All right. Life of Lux Podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with the Candyman. We have more special guests on the way. So please subscribe to our podcast, share with your friends, and connect with us on all the Life of Lux social channels.